Welcome to the Atypical Rainbow. I'm Paul. And I'm Grant. Uh, and this is another episode in the series Gaily Life, titled What to Do If Your Children Are Boring. So... <laughs> the meanest title so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to get people's attention somehow, didn't I? Uh, so, this came about because yesterday I spent about, I think about an hour and a half in the cold playing down ball with my kids. Now, don't get me wrong, for the first five or ten minutes I was kind of enjoying myself and eventually I was just really cold and miserable but my parental guilt kept me outside going okay firstly the kids are not on their screens secondly they're outside and thirdly I'm spending time with them when normally I'd be locked up in my office doing work so I really should stay out here and just you know hang with them because it's the thing that they want to do but there were multiple points where I'm like I want to go I want to go I want to go I want to go and you know, I think this is a, quite a common dilemma for parents. You know, I, I'm watching a lot of 90s sitcoms about dads who want their kids to be interested in the same thing they are, like baseball and stuff. And I think, you know, it's it's hard because you love your kids. You love them and you, you would do anything for them. But whether or not you want them as friends is a very different question. You want to, you, there's, there's the part of you that's, that's the responsible parent. You want to do the right thing. But sometimes... It's just hard to engage with your kids on the same level. Yeah. Like, I, I think when the kids were young, the most boring thing I think that I came across was pushing a child on a swing. <laughs> yeah. It just goes forever. I think I distinctly remember a day when, I can't remember whether Jake or Matt, but one of them, I'm pretty sure I was pushing a swing for about 45 minutes. It was a good exercise for my arms, don't get me wrong, but I was really, really bored. Yes, but also having twins means, you know, if you push one for 45 minutes, you have to push the other one for 45 minutes, and you've suddenly spent an hour and a half pushing, uh, you know, a small non-verbal child on a swing. There's not... Not a lot of stimulating conversation with a child who can't talk yet. But no, that's why you find a really good park with swings side by side that fit both of them. That way you just both push them simultaneously and the whole thing is 145 But yet, you have to find a park where both the swings are the same for fairness. Yeah. Because yeah, you have one that's the baby swing and one that's not the baby swing. You either get the kids afraid of being on them with no back or both of them want to be on them with no back. <laughs> and therefore they have to take turns. Mm. So two perfectly the same swings next to each other is a gold mine. <laughs> yep, it's possible. You got You just got to put in the work to hunt for it. There's some lovely neighborhood parks that you didn't even realize were there. So. Yes, but I also like to walk to parks. So I kind of limited myself to parks I could walk to. Mm, true. Whereas uh, you drove to more. <laughs> yes, I did. I made the effort to like Google search parks and like with big wooden castles and nice facilities and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so recently, and I say recently, probably it's been a number of months now, our boys have been into Roblox. So for any parent of a modern child, Roblox, uh, you'll know it well. For those who don't, it's this sort of pixelated, um, self-designed inner world that has different adventures and different, um, you know, it could be medieval or futuristic or all kinds of stuff. So it has a lot of variety. But my God, it's boring to listen to. Oh my God. The the number of stories that Jake will tell about YouTubers he's watched uh, play Roblox or his experiences with Roblox, I just cannot, I cannot grapple with it in my brain. I listen to it and I, I don't know whether other parents do this, but I just nod and smile and go, uh-huh, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. But I, I recently, we were walking along and I was telling Jake about how I like trees and like, we used to have lots of pictures of trees before we had lots of photos. 
Um, and I was pointing out which trees I liked and which ones. I was like, that one's not very attractive because they've cut it a lot for the power lines. Has a weird looking tree. Whereas that one, that one's a really nice tree. And he's like, this is so boring. <laughs> and part of me was like, yeah, this is how I feel when you just talk for like an hour about pointless Roblox stuff. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't think I can explain that to him. That, yeah, this is... This is how it is listening to him nerd out about Roblox. Listening to me nerd out about trees. <laughs> which is probably not that interesting. No, but I mean, it was interesting to you, which is the important part. But the second thing is that I think we're also working on teaching Jake how to tell a story. Because hmm. he's still very, you know, childlike, because he's eight, in this sense where he just details every single event. And, it's the, and then this happened. And then this happened. And then this happened. And just like... I, I don't know who you're talking about, nor am I sure I care. Yeah, there used to be a show, um, I think it was called At Home with the Kumars. Uh-huh. And, like, it was like a, like, they'd interview someone, but it was like this guy, but all of his family there was there as well. And the joke of the dad in, like, every episode was that he'd just tell a rambling story that just randomly ends with no points. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bit what is, like, if you have an autistic child, or maybe if you listen to me talk about trees, <laughs> except that it goes for a lot longer, so the joke stops being funny. Mm. Yep. And, and you know, it, I guess it makes it all the better when you do have something that you and your kids can get along with equally. Uh, so what I've tried to reconcile with in my own mind is that I try to balance it out. So I will spend, you know, a certain amount of time doing something that they really like or talking about something they really want to talk about, but I have a limit. And then once I reach that limit, I'm like, okay, we need to do something else. Otherwise, I'm going to get very tired. I'm just going to go and do my own thing. So thankfully, you know, we have gaming. Gaming's always been a big thing in the family. And um, luckily, we all love colorful, adorable, cute things. So Yoshi's Crafted World, um, uh, Mario Kart 8, Super Smash Bros. So I discovered the other day, no kissing is allowed in any games. Yes. Oh, you should you should tell them about that. So I was, I was playing a game where the kids were like watching me and like this giant robot like shot this other giant robot in the face and had like a giant hole in it. And they're like, yeah, that's really cool. Like it wasn't gory, gory no. um, because they're robots. Um, and also it's not that type of game. But then after that, like the main character like went on a date with his chosen girl. And Jake's like, are they going to kiss? And I'm like, they might kiss. And he's like, let me know and I'll run from the room. <laughs> Cover my eyes. But, I mean, just to I go... I don't off, want them to kiss. Just to go off topic a little bit, Jake has always seems to have this, this thing about physical affection. He's always... Again, we're talking in the last episode about shame. And he seems to have this odd shame about his, um, his former girlfriend... <laughs> And how they used to spend lunchtimes hugging. and But I, I never understood why. Because we never made a big deal about it. We couldn't care less either way. In like a nonchalant way, not in a apathetic or terrible parents kind of way. Oh, when I first saw the two of them together, I, I made sure everything was consensual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I should. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, sometimes schools do have rules about um, public displays of affection. Like, mm. I think grade ones putting like arms around each other is probably not a big deal. But, it, you know, it's sometimes they try to get the message across. Yeah. Uh, it's your body. It's your choice. You know, people can't just hug and kiss you because they want to. Uh, so I made sure everything was okay by talking to the teacher, but everything was fine. It was all cute. Mm. <laughs> but then, yeah, I think, I think the boys might have mocked him 
Oh, that would explain it. Yeah. I think I think he got mocked a bit mm. for letting a girl touch him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cooties. Never seems to go away, does it? Mm. This is an ongoing issue. Yes. Uh, anyway, back to the original topic. So, you know, how... How much effort are we as parents required to put into spending time with our kids? Because I know that, uh, you know, you hear these stories of these amazing parents, mums and dads, who will sit with their kids for the whole day. And like homeschooling, like proper homeschooling, not remote learning. Mm. That astounds me as well. Because, like, those those parents amaze me. And they must have so much patience and so much skill to be able to interact with their children on a topic that... Potentially neither of them are interested in, or maybe only one of them is particularly interested in, to remain engaged and to remain positive. I mean, that, that I marvel at that. Well, yeah, as an ex-teacher, I probably had to do that with 23 other someone else's children. But you have some degree of separation, though, I would imagine. Like, as a teacher, you can kind of leave it, if you know what I mean? Like, if the the, the sessions are finite, and it's, it's a finite interaction with a certain kind of student. So, if, if you know, you might have got along with them really well, like the majority of them, but there might be like one or two problem students. Imagine if you had to teach them all day. Yes, but as a primary school teacher, you might be. Like, you might spend more time with that problem child than their parents do. Mm. Well, at least waking hours. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't a primary school teacher, so I guess I didn't have that. Probably the most I ever had was when I had the same class for, so, like, 10 48-minute sessions per week. Like, that's a lot of time. Mm. So, yeah, I, I had that experience in my first year of teaching with a not very nice class. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, it was a group of, it was the all-girl class. Because they had so many boys, they made two all-boy classes, then they had an all-girls class. So, I don't know. It made sense to someone somewhere. Mm. And they put the 21-year-old first-year teacher in charge of them for English and geography and history and legal studies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Though I did a better job of teaching my mixed class of year seven sex ed than the female teachers did of teaching the all-girls class sex ed, which led to very interesting situations where um, Muslim girls in their hijabs would come and ask the 20-year-old male <laughs> to give them actual answers to their sex ed question because the middle-aged women weren't answering their questions. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. Yes. <laughs> I mean, good on you for being the trusted resource for that kind of thing. Yes, but it was very weird. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... People, like, some people do spend a lot of time with their kids, but I imagine it's in similar hobbies. Like, you know, you might, if you're really into bike riding, you might be bike riding with the kids. Or, you know, if you're really into a sport, the kid might be playing the sport, but you're their coach. So it's probably not that different from what we do with, like, video games. But that's under the working assumption that the kid will automatically enjoy what the parent enjoys. I mean, what if there's this significant... No, no, I'm saying if, if, if it does work out that way. Like, yeah. I think, like, obviously, if you're really into sport and your kid wants to just play Roblox, then it might be harder for you, even if you're one of these other parents you're imagining, doing a good job. They might not be doing a good job if they weren't lucky enough that their kid actually had the same interest as them. So how do you overcome that, though? Um, I guess you find mutual interests or you kind of try to get interested in what the kid is interested in, or an alternative is you find an another person to kind of, 
who is interested in it or understands it better to sort of be like a mentor to your child. Like I know my parents talked about the fact that um, they'd make sure there was adults in our life who shared our interests if our parents didn't. So for instance, my like non-related auntie was very into fantasy novels, which was not something that um, my parents were particularly into. So when my older brother suddenly seemed very upset and suddenly stopped reading Lord of the Rings, they said, you know, do you know what's going on? And she's like, I think I know where he's up to. I'll come round. I'll talk to him. And she came round and talked to him through the fact that Gandalf had, you know, seemingly died to the Balrog. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert Spoiler for alert. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, but the thing is, my parents knew when to ask for help. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, if, like, if one of the kids was interested in a sport that we just did not understand. Or sport in general. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, you probably know the rules of hockey. Like, if, if, if one of the kids was interested in hockey, you have played hockey. Yeah. Or if they're interested in badminton, you have played badminton. If they're interested in a sport that the rules are not that complicated, like tennis, I can probably muddle my way through. <laughs> there was that very brief period where they were into footy to the point where that we were like we tried to make time to watch the grand final, and then we all just forgot. <laughs> just I think we caught like maybe the last half an hour. And I remember there was a few times we tried to watch the grand final, and Jake got bored and left, but then got sad that his team had had lost. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Matt stuck it out more. I can't remember. But also, I remember watching the grand final and inappropriate ads kept coming on. Oh, I don't remember so that So we, we took turns to, like, sit with them just so we could, like, mute it during the ad breaks because like, the ads were quite mature <laughs> and they were, like, five. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that wasn't a great experience. Mm. But I don't know, like, if... Yeah, it's kind of like... Like, for instance, if we had daughters, there would have been points we would have roped in women. Like, that's probably one of the easier to understand things. Like, we, you know, two dads, they have a daughter. There's certain things that, you know, the female friends can help them out and have talks with them. That's not even necessarily on a day-to-day basis, though. Like, what if what if uh, we had a daughter's or a daughter who wanted to play fairy princesses? Just, sorry, terrible sexist example, but let's just say for argument's sake that was the case. What would we do? I don't know what I'd do. I, I would be, really struggle to engage with that. I don't know. Like, me and Matt used to play Doll's House. But then yeah. I used to play Doll's House when I was young. And in alone. Part, I think, yeah, and I think you were more into the Doll's House than he was. Well, I, I was trying to get them to do imaginative play. And yeah. they, they, so they were interested in, like, they used to go to a store and play with the Sylvanian family. Sylvanian family Dollhouse, which is what we ended up with. Yeah. They used to play, like, we used to go to this store and they used to play with it in the store. So we got them one. Yeah. Because that made sense. Um, and I think, like, for Jake, he was just interested in moving the models up and down stairs. Like, Matt got interested in my funny voices. Like, he used to just get me to, like, repeat the same lines over. Like, I think there was a little there was a little baby, and he used to do a funny little baby voice. <laughs> and he just, yeah, for hours, he just wanted me to say the same thing over and over again. Um, an example at the moment is that um, Jake has got interested in um, English accents... <laughs> Particularly, like, the Yorkshire accent. Mm. Um, and because my auntie went and, you know, married a guy from Yorkshire and lives in Yorkshire, I'm kind of aware of it. So, over the last, like, 24 hours, we've just been coming up with sentences where we drop the H's. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he just, like, but 
it's very it's very repetitive and he's not being overly creative with it. So I basically I think I think I started by just going hello hello. Mm-hmm. And then we started like adding H names, but he didn't get it to begin with. So I was like hello hello Howard and he's like hello hello Addy and I'm like no, it needs to be an H. <laughs> So now, yeah, like today it's all just been, you know, coming, like thinking of different names that um, start with H and then we say Allo, Allo. So it's like Allo, Allo, Ollie instead of Holly and Allo, Allo, Ariat. <laughs> and this is just what he's into this today. Um, and it is very repetitive. Um, and it hasn't, you know, overstayed its welcome with me quite yet, but I imagine it might. Very soon, I would guess. <laughs> um, but sometimes I am just into dumb jokes enough that I'll go along with it. Yeah. Like, I think that's the other thing. So Jake is really... He has gone through different periods where he likes telling jokes. So yep. Matt is an absurdist, which is... A weird thing to say for an eight-year-old, but he'll just say whatever's on his mind, whatever weird thing. He'll start doing weird physical comedy. And then I, I tried to teach him the term slapstick, and he's like, what's that? And I tried to explain it, and he's like, I don't get it. And then he fell face down on the bench. <laughs> that, that's slapstick, right? <laughs> he was doing pratfalls. I don't know why. I was trying to teach him how to do proper pratfalls. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's, it's all... So, Jake has always been interested in telling jokes, but it's almost like a science to him. Like, he wants to find the formula for, for getting people to laugh. But what happens is that he he drives a joke into the ground. Yeah. Like, he, does, he thinks that by repeating it again and again, somehow it'll just can be funnier and funnier and doesn't realise no, no, the no, I, th- I, think, I think the problem is that he expects it to be as funny, not that he expects it to be funnier. Mm, he doesn't he does understand that the same joke over over and over again diminishes. Yeah. Um, because that is kind of a hard concept to understand. It is a bit of a trial and error. Because thing. if something's funny, why does it stop being funny? Mm. I guess that's true, if you're looking at it from a scientific point of view. Yeah, and I remember um, there, was, there was one time where um, Matt's sensei, so he's like karate teacher, made a joke, and Matt thought it was hilarious. He's like just laughing, and the sensei's like, sensei doesn't need new jokes, he just needs new students. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. Because, like, if you have if you have new people, you can keep doing the same joke over and over and over again. Yes. Um, and I'm lucky enough that I don't need new people. I just have Jake over and over again. <laughs> just laughing at me saying the exact same thing in the exact same voice. Mm. One of the things that Jake's been trying to figure out is how to use quotes in a humorous way. So, I'm a big fan of Simpsons quotes. I love them. But as I've gotten older... The a Simpsons quote is only good when it's used in the right context or if it's um, adapted for a situation. So, for example, there are there's a Facebook group called The Simpsons Against the Liberals, which you introduced me to. And it is absolutely brilliant because I hate the news and I hate politics. But watching it being put in the context of a Simpsons reference just kills me it is so funny um but the problem is that jake hasn't figured that out so he'll quote something from that he's seen on youtube that he found amusing which is fine except he doesn't put it in context he doesn't figure out how to use it in the right way he just kind of says it and assumes by saying it with zero context and zero understanding of where the joke came from it'll automatically be funny um and again i laugh in a not a humorous way in a polite kind of way but i kind of 
again, parental guilt. Should I be laughing more? Should I be telling him how to tell a joke? Like, I don't really know what the answer is. It is hard because I think that we do sometimes model just saying things and knowing that we both know the context. Mm, Yes, that is true. So if you were observing us, you would see us just say lines from a show and then both laugh at it. Yeah. With no context. Yeah. So, if you were copying what you saw us do, you could make that mistake quite easily. Mm. So, I think we are modelling something that is very hard for him to understand. Yeah. He needs to know the other person has seen the same video, has seen the same episode of The Simpsons or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I do remember, I can't remember what show we were watching, but I think there was a point when that we as a family were watching something and you and I started laughing and I'm pretty sure Jake started laughing because we were laughing. Not because he found it funny, but it was almost like this delayed reaction. It's like, oh, is this the point to laugh? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, he, he does join in on laughter. Because mm. um, I think he, he does use us as a, a sign that something is funny. Yeah. Um, even if he doesn't find it funny. But there is stuff he does genuinely find funny. So it's not always us. I think as he's gotten more mature and older, he's, under, he's understanding his own sense of humour and, and he's, he knows what he likes and he knows yeah. what he is. And obviously it doesn't match with us all the time, but that's fine. It's not, requ- it's not a requirement that his humour is the same as our sense of humour. Yes. But like, so during our Avatar The Last Airbender watch through as a family, um, in season three, there is a very meta episode called The Beach. Mm. Where most of the jokes kind of require a little bit more understanding of anime tropes and just how absurd a behavior is in the wrong context and stuff. So I found it quite hilarious. And maybe sometimes they joined in on laughing with me. But I don't think they got why I was laughing at a lot of that stuff. No. Like, Jake is still... And this this is a behaviour I find frustrating, but also I do understand. Jake does this thing where he monologues what he's doing. Now, I, I, th- I thought originally it was a behaviour learned from YouTubers, particularly, and I blame this child specifically, Ryan from Ryan's Toys Review, who would just talk about what he was doing as he was doing it. It was so infuriating and so boring. But to the point where now, because we're watching Avatar The Last Airbender as a family... He's saying it as he goes along, and it's disrupting the dialogue. And I'm like, just rather than commenting on what just happened that we all watched at the same time, just enjoy it for what happens. But what you pointed out, which I, I part of me already knew, is that it's his way of seeking validation to know whether or not it's something that is meant to be funny or something that is des- like based on tone and dialogue in the character, or whether it's not anything. Yes, I think he, I think he's trying to check whether he understands. Mm. So he's look he's looking to see if he understands, and that's his way of learning. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just how it's presented, really, because it's not presented as a question; it's presented as just repeating what just happened. Yeah, they also, they also like to predict things. Yeah, like this is a trick or this is a dream, which I get. I mean that 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 you and I do. <laughs> yes, we do that, but I, I I'm much more selective about when I do it. I I do it when it's. Super clever, and I worked out the twist ending early. Or you wait till there's a quiet moment in the dialogue rather than talking over the dialogue in order to talk about what you suspected. Yeah. But yes. Or I just make inappropriate jokes in the the gaps in dialogue. Yes. Very very (laughs) typical of you. Um, But yeah, so, you know, Avatar The Last Day Middle was was a a blessing for us because there are not many things that we as a family do. 
Um, because, for example, with the gaming, Grant doesn't necessarily play in a lot of the games that we play, because sometimes because he sucks at it, sometimes because it's just not within his wheelhouse, which is fine. Well, yes. So, one of the games that you guys play often is Super Smash Bros. And I am bad at it, and I get bored by it. So, me playing Super Smash Bros. for like 45 minutes or an hour and a half is the equivalent of pushing a kid on the swing or playing down ball with them. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just not invested in this. Yeah. Um, but even before the kids, you used to say that playing competitive games against me was kind of boring because I just wasn't into it enough. Yeah, you're not a competitive person. You suck the fun out of it. Or I'm a super competitive person who doesn't, who purposely tries not to be competitive. Maybe. There's which, based on my though. family... Yeah, your, your family are full of crazy competitive people. Like, yes. board flipping people. <laughs> yes. Flipping the board in their 20s. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, there is a certain level of competition which is kind of enjoyable. Like, you can, like, one of the things I've been trying to teach the kids, and it is hit and miss, is um, gentle smack talk. <laughs> so, calling each other funny names, but with the, with the Understanding that you don't mean it, then you're mm. not deli- you're not actually insulting them, but it's just kind of you know you're a dummy, you're an idiot. Oh, yes. you suck at this. Which I think works with you and Matt. I get more concerned when Jake gets involved because I don't think he understands. No, Jake Jake takes it very personally, but then but then frustratingly, Jake <laughs> Jake can dish it out, but he can't take it. But that's because he's mimicking the two of you, but not understanding. Perhaps. Which is why yeah, which is why I try to have a talk. I try to talk to them about the fact that like I talk to Matt about the fact that. Doing it to you and doing it to Jake is different. Yeah. Um, and but also you talk to Jake about the fact that you know, like if you engage in this, this is what's going to happen. Mm. Kind of like that. If you're going to dish it out, you need to be willing to take it. Yes. But yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it, it's something that works for like you and Matt. But I, I think Jake's trying to join in, but it doesn't quite work with him who he is. No. But I'm. I'm not. You know. Stopping him from doing it or, you know, telling everyone, no, daddy's come in. No, 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 this game for Jake. Well, no, but yeah, banning it doesn't really work. So we, during down ball, Jake kept calling um, Matt an idiot and Matt wasn't getting hurt by it per se. He was just more like, that's not the rule we agreed on. And so I just went, okay, you know what? If you're going to, if you're going to dish it out, you just got to take it. That's that's it. You either yeah. go one way or the other. I don't care which way you go, but you choose one or the other. You can't just choose to allow allow you are allowed to insult the other person while, but you are not required to take it because you get too sad about yes. it. Yes, like it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, I so think, there's a lot of adults who need to learn that lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Some well, of them in politics. <laughs> yep. Should have been taught much earlier. Or maybe the problem is that their behavior gets reinforced. And they're like, oh, okay, there are no consequences to me belittling someone in the press. Okay, cool, let's go. Well, the consequence might be that people say meetings about them and they get sad. Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor, poor politicians. <laughs> yeah. So sympathetic. Such a sympathetic uh, occupation. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Avatar Last Airbender was something, it was really nice to have something that we all uh, enjoyed, as, all enjoy as a family, because we tried introducing it a number of years ago, but they didn't quite get it. Well, so the, the thing is that it's, I think I've talked about this on podcast before, it is hard for us as a family to watch a movie. Like, I know there is some other special needs families, maybe um, with more physical um Difficulties. Difficulties or even intellectual disabilities who go into a movie is something that was one of the things they can do as a family and they're really struggling at the moment because you can't go to the movies. Mm. 
where for us it was never really an option um it's really hard for us to find a movie that we'll all watch um like sometimes we'll find a movie that the kids are really happy to watch and we're happy to watch one or two times but we're not happy to watch over and over and over and over again but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that the kids don't give a proper chance to um and one of the things that um i've noticed with jake and i try to explain to people when they say do your kids watch this movie i'm like don't use my kids as a measurement of whether it's appropriate for eight-year-olds to watch this movie is that he will um freak out if the music implies something scary might not might happen oh yeah so just a music change nothing's happened can be enough to freak him out Oh, even for for both of them, and I've noticed this with Matt because we'll watch it in our bedroom where we have a TV and stuff, and we'll watch be watching Avatar, and in season three, the Fire Nation features prominently in season three, and I think Matt often gets freaked out thinking, "Oh my God, they're going to get caught! They're going to get caught!" And we have to keep telling them, "Spoiler alert: They'll be fine. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not going to get caught. They're not going to get harmed. They are Team Avatar. It's all good." But it was. But you don't understand plot armor. Maybe we should explain to the kids what plot armor. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Eight-year-olds will be able to grasp plot armor. Anyway, no, but it's it is um it, it is funny, and it's it, I guess in a way you kind of go, this is trust trust us, just enjoy it for what it is. But I agree with you. There are certain elements where they they focus so hard on the the part that they want to avoid, they don't see the rest of it. You know. Yeah. So it is hard to get them to go get through a movie or even a show that's even aimed at their their age group. So I think the fact that we're getting through Avatar as a family is a big deal because it is something that we as a family struggled with beyond what other people struggle with. Although I think a milestone was when we went and saw Detective Pikachu in the um, in the cinemas, which obviously mm-hmm. was was formulated well because of the family's love of Pokemon and, and all that. Um, but there were some scary moments in there that I think they coped with reasonably they well. They did. They coped well with Detective Pikachu... But then I feel like after that, they didn't cope as well. Maybe more Jake didn't cope as well as I expected with Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Into yeah. the Spider-Verse, yeah. Which was at home, not at the cinema. Like, Detective Pikachu was at the cinema. We must have been very brave that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've only seen two movies at the cinema. Mm. And that was the second one, and it was actually a success, whereas the first one was not. Um, well, we got through it. <laughs> yeah upside down all over the place but we got through it Mm. but yeah into the spider-verse i know that you had to do a lot of work to try try to keep them there and Mm. keep them being willing to go on yeah and i know that must have been frustrating you seem frustrated (laughs) yes yes but that's okay you know some things work some things don't and you can't necessarily predict what's going to work so again I, I can't help but refer back to Avatar because I think it's a really good example for our family where I tried exposing them to it for years ago, thinking martial arts, mm-hmm. lots of fighting, lots of elemental stuff. They might really enjoy it because they were into like Pokemon and I think and karate and karate and I think I think Jake might have been, been into Power Rangers at that point. 
And, um, but it just, it, it didn't catch your attention. I have absolutely no idea why. Uh, whereas for whatever reason now, a few years later, it's, it's worked and they've really engaged with it. And maybe for them, it'll be like the Simpsons for me, where they'll appreciate it on one level as a child, but as they get older and they watch it again, whether through nostalgia or curiosity, they'll appreciate the nuances of it even more. Yeah. So yeah, I think like yeah, I think every family can probably find things that their kids want to do that the parents are quite willing to do with them, and things that the kids want to do that the parents are not interested in doing, mm. and the parents kind of you know force their way through. Like another thing is like we haven't been doing it because of coronavirus, but I was playing Dungeons and Dragons with the kids, mm. um, and that was going quite well because it was something that it was you know. Much shorter than my normal sessions. A lot harder work <laughs> wrangling. It was end up being three kids because another child came over. So I was able to share that with them. And that was something that we could all be doing and all enjoying rather than me faking it. Mm. Like if I was playing Smash Bros for an hour every week. Yes. Yeah. Fair. But if you've been playing Dungeons and Dragons with them, you probably would have suffered. Yes. And maybe become an alcoholic. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Based off my one and only experience playing Dungeons and Dragons and your, <laughs> you know, surprise birthday party and getting incredibly drunk and having no idea what I was doing. No, you've done it two times. Obviously, you were so drunk you didn't remember one of them. Oh, there we go. Yep. Only way I can cope. <laughs> only way I can cope. Did it all for you. <laughs> you did. And I did appreciate it. It was very sweet of you. All right. I think that's a good place to end it. Yes. Probably, yeah. Stories of me being drunk. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tell us your story. How do you get along with your kids? Do you try to get them engaged in any things that you want to be interested in? Or do you work hard to engage in what their interests are, even if you find it incredibly dull or have no ability to relate to it? Let us know on uh, on Facebook and Instagram at The Atypical Rainbow. Uh, send us a message. Leave us a, uh, leave us a post. And make sure you rate and review us wherever you get good podcasts. Five stars, please, so that other people can discover us too. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.